Welcome to Church Planning in a Pandemic, the story of Hope City, Florida. We're your co-hosts, Chandon Bangar and Eric Smith. Hey, welcome back to Church Planning in a Pandemic. My name is Chandon Bangar. This is my pastor, Eric Smith, and uh, we're uh, excited to continue this conversation about uh, really, today, our mission and strategy, I think, is what uh, we want to hit. Uh, I know when you walk into the building of our church, we kind of have it right there on the wall just so people know it. And uh, why don't you tell our listeners what our, our mission statement is and then kind of go from there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, our mission statement is a relentless dedication to share the hope of Jesus with our city and beyond. And that's really where our name comes from. It, it is, we joked about this in an earlier podcast, yeah. that Hope City there's churches around the country with the same name, but it really was out of a desire to share the hope of Jesus with our city. And city doesn't mean a specific city. It's a, it's kind of a more general idea of yeah. wherever you are. But um, we have a relentless dedication to that. You know, at the end of the day, we want to see people come to know Jesus. And um, that is the ultimate win, right, is to see them uh, have a relationship with him. And so we have a relentless dedication to share that hope yeah. with our city and beyond hope to the city. And so we're committed to that at a really, really high level. We're dedicated to it. We're all in on it. And I think if you're going to uh, be effective in anything you do, church or anything otherwise, but especially in ministry, you have to be sold out to the mission that you're, that you're, you're trying to accomplish. You have to be all in on it. And if we were saying uh, we're, we have a relentless dedication to share the hope of Jesus with our city and beyond and just because it's on the wall in the lobby, uh, but we weren't acting that out right. and trying to reach people who are disconnected, trying to reach people who are far from God, offering an opportunity each week for people to respond to that hope that Jesus offers, then we would just be blowing smoke. You know, it's just right. words on a wall. But we, we have a relentless dedication for it. It burns in us. We're committed to it because we both have experienced it. Yeah. You know, we both, it, uh, you know, we don't have to get into our uh, testimony, our story right now, but we both have experiences of uh, interesting backgrounds, being far from God, broken situations, deep in sin, and God reaching down and extending his grace toward us and giving us that hope that Christ yeah. offers and having a personal relationship with him. And when you've gone from death to life and you know how good the Lord is, you can't help but give your life to that. Right. And, uh, and that's what we're committed to is giving our life to that. And so it's been, it's been amazing to see God's fulfillment already of that in our new church. Yeah. And then uh, another thing that we kind of keep on the forefront of our church, because like you said, I love how you said it, it's kind of like blowing smoke if you just have it as a statement. You kind of got to live it out or else our statement, um, if a lot of churches were honest or, you know, a relentless dedication to see God move within our four walls, like this idea that, oh, yeah, God will work within a church service, but, you know, our people are literally being equipped and sent out to share the hope of Jesus with our city and beyond. So we created this strategy, uh, these kind of four key concepts or, or four key pieces that we use to live out that's more practical. Share on that a little bit and what we do there. Yeah, so just kind of nuts and bolts of ministry and strategy. You know, you have to define who you are. You know, if, if your church is stuck in a rut and you're trying to figure out, man, how do we break through? How do we, you know, get this thing going again, 
it's it's really important to know who you are. You've got to know yeah. what you're all about, mm-hmm. and you've got to be laser focused on that. And then you've got to build a strategy and systems that are going to help you accomplish what it is you're committed to. Right. Because you can have a commitment all day long and say, I'm all in on something. But if you don't have a strategy and processes and systems that help accomplish that, then you're not going to be very effective. So yeah. for us, our strategy is, is very simple. And these words aren't necessarily unique to us. It's a, it's a, you know, my background is I'm very influenced by the purpose driven movement. I love, uh, so much of what PD had to offer for churches over the years and, and have learned from so many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a lot that I've learned from so many friends and, you know, I, I love a lot of what, um, even, uh, the ARC guys and church of the Highlands have done where he, he took purpose driven, which Rick Warren wrote mm-hmm. and he sifted it down and made it even more simplistic. And, and, and they teach that through their grow conference and so there, it, ours is kind of a hodgepodge of some of those things influenced by that. But for us, it's very simple. We want people to know know God. We want people to know the Lord. We want them to have a personal relationship yep. with Jesus. And so uh, the main focus of our strategy, step one, is we we got to help people know who he is. Yeah. And so we're very evangelistic. We're sharing the message of Jesus. We're helping people take the next step to have a personal relationship and be born again. So it's to know God. It's to experience community. Mm-hmm. It's to make disciples and change the world. Yep. So those are our four key components is know God, experience community, make disciples, change the world. And so now I've got to be real clear here. We just set our mission statement, a relentless dedication to share the hope of Jesus with our city and beyond. That's got to burn in you. Yeah. Right. You've got to have your strategy. How are you going to fulfill the mission in which God has put on your heart and that obviously submits and aligns to his word? Yeah. Your mission has to align with his word. And then your strategy has to be a biblical strategy that accomplishes the heart and mission of God. And for us, as I said, know God, experience community, make disciples, change the world. But those can't just be words. Right. Like you can go that far and you won't be effective. The strategy, although, yes, has four components, there has to be a immense amount of laser-focused dedication and intentionality to accomplish each of those uh, things. And so for us, let's just start with step one. The first component of, of our strategy is to help people know God. Yeah, We do that through our worship services. We do that through equipping people in our worship services to know how to share and talk about Jesus with other people, yeah. right? So it's, it's a two-pronged approach, really, is we're going to create an environment in our services that makes sense to people who don't know the secret handshake of Christianity, and they can come in, and they can hear about Jesus, and it makes sense. And one of the things I, I, I want to say that's really important, and then I want to ask you about creating a, a, a worship music environment of the overall experience. But a lot of people, they hear something like this, and they're like, well, does that mean I water it down? Absolutely not. If you come to our services, we are teaching straight from the Bible. We're diving deep into it. Right. Uh, we are not ashamed. We call people to repent of their sin. 
We call people to trust in Jesus. In some ways, it may be a little intense. Yeah. You know, it's not that, but there's a difference in you can be quote unquote deep, as people will often say, because they think depth means um, let me be as confusing as possible when I teach the Bible and let me, you know, come straight out of my theology class from seminary and and they think that that somehow, you know, equates depth. That doesn't equate depth. What is deep is something that is straight from the Word of God that can actually be applied and lived out. Depth yeah. is what's lived out in the disciple, not just information that's delivered by somebody who talks. Right. And so I think that's a really important component. But, man, we get in there, we talk about it, but there's a lot of effort that's put into making sure that we're going to dive into what the word says, bring it to a practical place for people, uh, but communicate it in such a way that makes sense for the person who doesn't know all the Bible information. And the reason I'm passionate about that is because I was that guy. Yeah. I didn't know all the information. Right. And I, I always think back every time I preach, would the former me understand what I'm talking mm. about? Whether I'm teaching on some type of, really complex doctrinal topic or I'm teaching on marriage or I'm teaching on whatever it might be, name it, faith, prayer, whatever. Would the former me understand what I'm talking about? That's a good way to think about it. I think uh, it's cool and unique to see in our church now. I mean, you got people with so many different backgrounds, whether they grew up Catholic or maybe they didn't have a religious, you know, upbringing or whatever it looked like. Maybe they believe something completely you know, out of whack, but at the end of the day, what I'm hearing kind of across the board, and you do such a great job at this when you teach, is it's common ground for the believer and the unbeliever in the sense of when you teach, oh man, it's not only understood, but it's straight from scripture. And I think that's what I love so much about your preaching. You help people know Well, at least God. one person loves it. You and, well, too, you and my mom. Yeah. Okay? Hey, Thanks, wife, mom. I love wife you. Your doesn't? Your wife? <laughs> oh, well. No, because she has to live with me. Yeah, okay? yeah, no, I get I'm it. just kidding. No, man. she does too. Three no, it's, people. It's just it's unique in a way that um, you know somebody who has maybe never believed in God or somebody that's believed in God for a long time can understand and grow from it. Their faith can be grown in it, and I think that's so cool because helping people know God. I mean, that's that's like what we're told to do, right? <laughs> it's like <laughs> right. It, I mean, we're if keeping we don't it do simple. that, then we kind of miss. We're it. keeping it simple, keeping it um, basic, and I think. You can do that in so many different ways through Scripture. One way I was able to know God and understand who God was and eventually have a relationship with Jesus was through worship music. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm not going to share my testimony right now in the moment, but like learning Christian music was the way I taught myself gospel truths. God was using yeah. the guitar and lyrics, and I was like, oh, I'm going to pick this up because i got to play this at church. You know, it was like a, I've got to learn this so I can, you know, sing this in youth group. And it turned out to be songs that were so scriptural and in depth uh, with doctrine and theology that it was just, it was teaching me the heart of God. And, and people are experiencing that on Sundays when we sing, when you lead worship at your church, it's at church, it's not just uh, sounding uh, like good sounding songs or, or good feeling songs. It's so much more than that. I hear across the board, like uh, in a lot of modern churches nowadays, they're either not doing hymns at all or, or just, you know, doing all modern or some churches are, you know, back in the old school, like just hymns or more, you know, and it's like there, there's so many songs out there, hymns included, that teach the heart of God. It's like, why not teach your people that, right? 
Um, and I think it's so cool to to see that to help people know God doesn't mean to just sing the the most modern fancy song that's out there or or teach you know a self help message or a, a three points message. Not that those are necessarily bad at times, but at the end of the day, like teaching from Scripture, singing Scripture is always going to lead people to repentance and to to knowing God. And so, um, which which ultimately leads to the next one, which is experiencing community. When you experience, uh, you know, <laughs> the presence of God, and you you get to know God, you get to know people around you. And uh, one of the things we want our connectors or our volunteers to do is to connect with you know connect people to God and to each other. And and it's so much more than just a small group or just church on Sunday. It's like lifelong relationships. It's um, you know you're connecting people who have you know, similar backgrounds or, or people who have just been redeemed radically by God and want to do life together. And I think that's kind of us. I mean, that's our story. God saved us from so much. We know God now and we get, get to experience community together. Like that's what we're doing in church planning. We get to, to build a church together. And I think that's really special. So when we experience community, talk about the heart of that. What do you think um, our people are doing to experience community right now? Yeah. So, I mean, our primary, um, pathway for us with community is uh, obviously with our connection class we want people to take that step and get connected to the church to be a member but also to serve and really the primary thing is through our small groups I mean the ultimate win for me for a small group is for people to experience community to experience spiritual family to have other people that know them they know them and they're known right people want to be known yeah and they want to have a family, and um, they're looking for people to journey with and just to, to know they're going to pray for them and encourage them. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. Um, I'm not an expert in this by any means, but sociologists, when they talk about, you know, how do you experience community, you know, people experience community in different size environments, right? We experience community in a large gathering. Yeah. Right. It's a different it's a different expression of that. But there's something that happens to us in those environments that we need. Right. You know, that's fulfilling. We experience community in that midsize environment where we're in a small group or with, you know, 20, 30 people. And, you know, it's a party. We're eating dinner. We're having fun. Right. Yeah. There's there's community that we experience that we need. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then there's there's community experienced with just one-on-one, you know, and doing life together and, and iron sharpening iron and uh, all those type things. And so for us, we want people to experience that. And that happens for us primarily through our small groups. And uh, really for us, it's, you know, I, I, I want to be careful here because I don't want people to go, that guy doesn't want to teach the Bible in small groups. No, I do. But you can teach Bible in the small group and nobody experiences community. Yeah. And it's not a win for us. That is not a win for us. The win for us is for people to experience community, have spiritual family, because what do I need? Do I need another Bible study or do I need brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ who, who are praying for me and I can do life with them and will help me? I think I need that. Right. You know, I'm not saying that I don't need the Bible. Don't mishear me. Uh, we do. But I would much rather uh, people have uh, that community and then when you mix in the word of God with that, then you've got dynamite. Yeah. Right. You've got dynamite when you've got the community and the word. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, 
it, it's amazing when you're able to create that. And of course, we're a young church, so we've got a long way to go. Uh, but we we both experienced that in the past, and we know that um, that's that's what we want, and we want to help create that culture. And so, for us, experiencing community, so strategy, know God, experience community, and there's some other nuances I could share on this. The third is you know make disciples, and for us, we've got multiple things you know that we do. I believe in holistic discipleship. Uh, that's what I wrote my doctoral dissertation on. And I, what I mean by that is discipleship is everything that the church is doing. Yeah. So we're experiencing, just like I said, we can experience community in these different environments. Discipleship happens in a worship service. If it doesn't, then we're missing something, right? Yeah. Discipleship, I mean, some of the greatest moments we can all point back to in our lives, even the moment where I knew Jesus Christ was calling me to follow him, I didn't do it in a worship service, but God spoke it to me in the worship yeah. service. And hours later, I gave my, my life to Jesus. In those worship services, when we hear the word of God and preaching, man, God works and discipleship happens. We, we draw closer to him. We become more like him. In small groups, doing life with other people around the Word of God, discipleship happens. When we go on mission and we get our hands in the dirt and we serve those who are in need and we share Jesus with people and we minister to people, discipleship happens. When we are in the church and we're greeting people or we're working in the kids' ministry or we're on the worship team or we're leading a small group or whatever it is we're yeah. doing, discipleship happens because we grow and it stretches us. When we are meeting with someone one-on-one -on -one or in a, in a discipling group type environment, which we call 3D groups that we'll be rolling out this year that I've done for many years, uh, they are laser focused on equipping someone to become a disciple maker. Yeah. Right? So for us, our strategy on discipleship to make disciples is through those groups that are intentional about equipping someone to not just gain more information, but to become a disciple maker. But to be clear, everything the church does should be about equipping, yeah, discipling. I think that's that's so key, and I think the question in all of that really is, who are you equipping? Like when you think about it, a buddy of mine uh, who's a pastor, young adults pastor back in Mississippi, his name is Justin Graves. Shout out to you, Justin, if you're listening to this, but. Uh, he, he posted this the other day, and it made me think about, you know, knowing God, experiencing community, and making disciples. He said, we read the Bible not to complete a plan, but to know a person. Mm. The goal is, is relationship. It's not completion. And the same mm -hmm. works in discipleship. Like, the goal is relationship with that person. It Who never ends. Yeah, it never ends. Who are never you pouring ends. into? And and. Maybe you're convicted right now listening to this, but who who are you investing in right now? Mm -hmm. I think I mean you can think of churches after churches who are, you know, their structures built in such a way that it's like, who's gonna take over the church when this pastor's gone? Or X, Y, and Z. I mean, the, the questions are there. Or who are you uh gonna have replace you when your job's up? You know, th there's all these kind of things that I think about when you make disciples. Like if if I remove my, remove myself from the equation and I wasn't at church on Sunday, would church still operate? Mm -hmm. Like things like that 
are things I think about when I think about discipleship. Who am I investing in? Not just teaching something to, but who am I building a relationship with that not only knows God, but will also make disciples and experience community and to continue to build all these other strategies and, and know those things. And they won't know those things if we're not investing in those people. So maybe, I don't know, maybe you're thinking of somebody on the top of your, your mind right now, like, oh, I'm investing in one, two, or three people. I think back to people who poured into me, who invested in me, and I was a disciple of them. And who am I pouring into now? It's just kind of like building blocks. It's that cycle, as you were saying. And it's so cool to see. And I want to encourage you, if you're not pouring into somebody, if you're not making a disciple right now, do that. There's no better time than right now. I mean, we have all the, the tools and resources we need. I mean, you can just, do it digitally. Yeah, digitally. Spark up a conversation. You can reach out to us. Somebody that doesn't even live where you live. You yeah, know? it's it's pretty fascinating. Um, you know, I, I don't. I know God in the whole scheme of things knew we would live in this age, and it's just like, oh, we're in this digital world. But it's like when you read the Bible and you think of Jesus and the disciples, it's like, man, they were like trekking. <laughs> dirt roads they didn't have paved roads they didn't have vehicles and we have means uh to an excess of amounts of resources to get the multiplication could happen much faster than ever before it's unreal yeah so um yeah so i mean our strategy's uh, pretty simple but laser focused and we're not diving into the deep deep details of this but no god i mean we want to do that through our worship gatherings and even in the intentionality of preaching we share the gospel every week and it's not just to share the gospel. It's also intentional for equipping because we want to equip our people so they can do that. Yep. Right? So they can repeat that and they know how to share Jesus with somebody that they meet in their neighborhood or on their sports team or whatever. Experiencing community yep. for us. We've got multiple ways that we do that, but our primary is through our small groups. Yeah. That's our pipeline. Making disciples. Uh, that's really our overall culture as a disciple-making culture, uh, but our our primary pipeline would be through 3d groups yeah and uh you know we're gonna be rolling those out this year and like i said been doing that forever and have seen god use that in a powerful way because it's a very intentional way of uh really helping people know how to reproduce a lot of people are like i don't know how to disciple somebody and so we we really focus in on that through that and our last component fourth component is change the world so know god experience community make disciples change the world yeah the way that we do that is really two simple ways. We want to help people change the world is right here at Hope City. So we get people plugged in to serve. They change the world that they're living in right where they are because yeah. there's people, there's kids, there's folks coming in uh, into our culture, into our Sunday morning environment and other environments where there's small group or whatever. And they're looking for God. They're needing a touch from the Lord. They're wanting to hear from God. And God uses uh, the people the church to touch uh, other people and to impact them. And so they're changing the world that way. And then also through uh, us mobilizing them locally and globally through mission works. We've got hope weekend coming up real soon. Uh, It's a three day mission effort that we'll do locally and uh, building out our global efforts as well. And so, you know, that's, that's our focus. That's what, what we're about. So we keep it simple. It's something that we is uh, effective and can be reproduced uh, by us. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, it's it's amazing to see what God's doing. And there's so many listeners out there that are trying to figure out, uh, that are leading churches, that are trying to figure out how uh, to get started again. And um, what we're going to do in Episode 8 is we're going to talk uh, a little bit more and share some more about the story of Hope City 
but we're going to get into uh, some real practical nuts and bolts. And so let me just tell you, if you're leading an organization or if you're leading a church, you're not going to want to miss episode eight. It's really going to be practical and helpful to you. Uh, but I'm going to sign us off on uh, episode seven and uh, we'll see you back soon on episode eight. We can't wait to share more with you uh, as we give you the real nuts and bolts on uh, some things you can do to uh, really get your ministry or church or whatever it is you lead off the ground again. Thanks. Thanks.